I am deeply grateful for the privilege of getting to share with you. I do a lot of, and over the last actually several decades, have done a lot of public speaking, a lot of conference um, moments in my life where I got to speak at large conferences, but I have never done a Sunday morning. So believe it or not, it may seem like no big deal to you, but when Pastor Jim asked me two months ago to do this, I did nothing for a month and a half because I was terrified. I don't know, there's something about this that I'm a little afraid, am I even allowed to touch it? Did, did my hand just singe off? You know, is it like a, a lightsaber and I just lost a hand but I didn't even, you know. Um, but I, it's an honor to get to do this and um, I love to speak, um, not because I'm a woman and love to talk. <laughs> you thought that, didn't you, for nanosecond? Um, no, I love to speak and preach the word because it puts a demand on my life. Um, I feel, anytime someone gives me a job, I feel a very high level of responsibility. There's like, if I had a tattoo, actually, if, there's several tattoos I would like to get, but maybe not. My husband shakes his head and says no. But if I did, one of them would be, be excellent and innocent. And it reminds me of a verse that's a passion to me, to be excellent at what is good and innocent of evil. And so when I get a responsibility, man, I feel like I just need to show up. So any time I speak, I feel the earnestness to lean into God for you so that when I bring something to you, it's worth listening to, for starters. But I just want today to pass along to you that I've leaned hard into God and I'm very confident that what I'm gonna give to you today is a gift through me um, to encourage you and to help shape your life and make it significantly better than it was one hour ago. And I know that's a bold statement, but I know God and what can happen in our lives if we open up a space for him. Would you pray with me this morning, Father, as we come before your word, we open our hearts. I pray for any person right now who um, has got some sort of distraction going on in their mind. Maybe it's fear. Um, maybe it's disappointment that Jim's not giving the message. Whatever it is, God, I pray that you will help us remove all distractions so we can fix our eyes on you. We want to live life to the fullest. And we know the secret is you. Help us today, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so the series that we're studying right now is called, Oh, the Places You Will Go. And it's a great timely message in that it's parked right when school is ending and one grade is moving on to the next and high schoolers are moving on into jobs or college and college graduates are moving on into careers. But I want to propose to you because most of us are a little beyond college. I want to propose to you that at various points throughout your life, God is going to invite you to a course correction. Course corrections, that they're the minute little adjustments that a pilot makes in order to get the ship exactly where he wants it to go. And so I invite you, no matter how old you are, if you're still breathing, the adventure continues. So tune into the Lord this morning and take this as an invitation because what's going to happen in your life may not happen this morning, but if you take this baton and run with it, I know what will happen. 
but we'll get there. Let's start with a scripture from Genesis 28. We're gonna read verses one through five, and I admittedly am gonna tell you right now, chapter 28 is jam-packed with amazing wisdom. So many good nuggets in this thing. I am not gonna pretend for a moment to be theological enough to pull it all out to start with, but I'm also not going to do that to you because you wanna eat lunch. So um, I'm gonna pull out five really great points and hidden in the middle, I am such a typical mom, I am gonna first, it's gonna be like Christmas morning. I've got a present for you that I am so stinking excited about, but I'm not giving that one to you first. First, we're gonna open up the stocking stuffers, okay? So there's a couple nuggets of wisdom that we're gonna start with, but let's go to the scripture to begin with so we can see the context of where all of this wisdom comes from. I'm gonna read it from the screen with you just to make sure we're all on the same page. So Isaac called for Jacob and blessed him, and he commanded him, do not marry a Canaanite woman. Go at once to Padan Haram, if I said it right, to the house of your mother's father, Bethuel. Take a wife for yourself there and from among the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and increase your numbers until you become a community of peoples. May he give you and your descendants the blessing given to Abraham so that you may take possession of the land where you now reside as a foreigner, the land God gave to Abraham. Then Isaac sent Jacob on his way. Oh, the places you will go. When I think of that, uh, in, that interaction with Isaac, the father, and Jacob, the son, I think actually of a country music song that many of you may know. Eric Church performed it. He may have written it as well. And it goes like this. Some of it you learn the hard way. Sing it if you know it. Some of it you read on a page. Some of it get through heartbreak. Most of it comes with age. Put your hand up if you got a whole bunch from age. You guys are being way too humble. A lot of it comes with age. Well, I think of that song. Well, this, this encounter was way before Eric Church, but that song has a lot of wisdom packed in there. Life's journeys is filled with wisdom, and that father-son interaction, father-child interaction, perfectly on Father's Day, is a huge, powerful impression for a kid. And we're gonna pull out some of that wisdom right now. It's wisdom that actually goes way beyond 18 to 25. We need to live by this, no matter how old we are. Um, life's journeys, I think about signs, and before we dig into that wisdom, I just got a kick out of some of the signs I saw on Instagram this week, so we're gonna have a little fun for just a nanosecond. Here's a great one from Henry Cloud, if you're on Instagram, he's a great one to follow. Taking the long road will actually get you there faster, because you won't lose any time trying shortcuts. Great wisdom. Next one says, one should not take the easy road, but rather the right road, no matter how long the travel. Great one. My, this is, yep, no, there's no words. Sorry, this is total selfishness. I just want to be there. That's, 
That's why that picture is there. I would love to be that girl. Never been on that road, but I have been on this one. Avenue of the Giants in Northern California. If you've never been on that road, you need to put that on your bucket list. That thing is rockin' cool. Now the next one is just, well, don't you wish life was this plain and simple? If it was all this easy, I tell ya. I think of the verse that says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to destruction. And finally, this one's just goofy, because I like goofy humor, so be decisive, right or wrong, make a decision. The road is paved with flat squirrels who couldn't make a decision. Sorry, that was just because I love goofy humor. But this wisdom gives, it creates a signpost for us to live by. And here's some of the signs, the, the wisdom that Isaac gave to Jacob. Number one, marry well. Make friends with wise, humble people, Jesus followers. I think of a phrase that was coined when my kids were teenagers and, you know, dating was the next thing on the list that they would probably head towards. And somebody coined it, I don't know, but that's when I started to hear it anyway. And it was, run after Jesus with all your heart and then look around you. And the, the idea was date that one of those people. But I just grabbed a hold of it because honestly, that's the way we should be living life at every age. Run after Jesus with all your heart and then look around. Those people, are your tribe. Those are your circle. Know your circle. Run with, I like to say it this way, run with people who echo God because those are the friends that will help keep you on course. All right, we're gonna move right on to number two. Um, Isaac said to Jacob, get planted. He told him, go to the land, the place where you were a foreigner, and plant there. Now, I know a lot about this picture. I was originally, I was born and raised in the Toronto area. I married an American guy and I went to the land that God told us to go. Now, it's a land milk with milk and honey, but you don't think of Allendale that way, do you? I love Allendale, but this has been my promised land. This is where I have discovered who God is and who I am. And that is what the promised land is truly all about. It's not really about the milk and honey. I hope that's not a disappointment. But get planted. Find a place to build and build there. We live in a culture that um, idolizes wandering. You know, wanderlust. You see those on tattoos all the time wanderlust, but do you know, we don't find ourselves in the wandering. There's, there is some value to exploring, but that's different than wandering. Wandering is purposeless. Exploring has a, there's something to exploring. You know, I want that mountain. So get planted and build there. Don't be a wanderer. So Jacob does what his father told him to do, and he sets off to Haran. Now, I don't know if you know anything about this. I didn't until I really had to dig into this. But from Beersheba to Haran was 500 miles. That is no small trip. That is no you know, trip to the grocery store. Can you imagine how much it would have cost to do shipped or uh, Instacart? Man, that would be a long, sorry, I digress. 
it was a long journey. And when I think about that long journey, I think about every great movie that's been out there. I think about Frodo, if you're into Tolkien and the Lord of the Rings. Frodo, who went on this endless journey. It's a trilogy, I didn't know that when I watched the first movie, really disappointed with that ending. But Frodo goes on this long journey and finally gets that ring into Mordor, right? That's the journey, and wow, what an epic journey it was. I think of what my grandkids are into right now, Sing Too, and I think of Buster Moon and his musicians as they head off to uh, Red Something City, sorry. Um, but that's what they're into right now, so you know as, an, as a good grandmother, I have to watch it every weekend. Um, but my personal favorite, is the movie RV. Now put your hands up if you ever saw Robin Williams in the movie RV. You are now my best friends. Well, let's meet here after and we'll have an RV club. Just kidding. Um, that movie, Robin Williams, it's a comedy, it's hilarious. I was not a camper when I, um, okay, I can't really call myself a camper, can I, honey? No, he's shaking his head big time. I've camped a couple times and I survived, so I'm kind of proud of that. Um, but RV is all about a family's journey uh, from LA to the Rocky Mountains in an RV and they didn't want to be there, so it's funny. But I think of that and I think of Jacob. He was not in a Winnebago. We were talking 500 miles. He, the guy was the original Bear Grylls without a knife and a camera crew. He had no camera crew. Okay, but here he goes. Jacob is off on this course, and he lays out in the wilderness. He puts his head on a rock, and in the quiet, he has an encounter with God. In this point, what I want you to just put on paper and just hover over is make God-size margins. Now, we're not going to get 500 miles. Most of us don't get that length of time. But carve out time every morning, if possible, to quiet yourself and calibrate yourself to the peace of God. And then throughout your life, create margins where you get time with God. And here's why. Here's Jacob's story helps us to understand the power of a margin. In verse 12 and 13, it says that he had a dream, and I'm going to summarize this just for the sake of time. He has a dream, and he sees a staircase going from heaven to earth and angels going up and down it. But here's what I want you to see most of all in this verse. Jacob was a man who was raised in a God-fearing home. He went to Sunday school, he went to kids' camp, he knew about God. But when God appears to him in this dream, God says, I am the Lord, the God of your father. He introduces himself. I want to remind us that this walk, this journey that we're on is so vitally connected to an encounter with God. We cannot run off of our parents' faith. We cannot run off of our wife's faith or our husband's faith. We cannot live from pastor's 
experience and from his gleaning of what's in the word, we personally need an encounter with God. I've actually given a similar message to this for decades throughout my life about hearing God. And it's something that I learned when I was 18 years old at a kids' conference where a woman got up and talked about every day being a little bit in the morning, in the word, and then with a journal, listening and writing down everything that you hear in that listening time. I was 18 years old and I started to do it. Now, I'm not gonna tell you that I did it every day until now, 55. I stopped for, for a series for blips in my life, but I'm ba- I've been back at it now for, I don't know, 12 years or something, I don't even remember. But it has been the most impactful part of my life because when we quiet ourselves, we hear better. We discern the smallest sound. When the house is silent and we hear a sound, it's so clear, we can detect it. And when we spend time with the Lord, you may have some times where you're, you think, oh, I don't think I heard from him. Well, you might not have felt like it. But the truth of the matter is, is we hear from God. Not because we're so spiritually riveting, but because he wired us for this. You see, God is so intent to be known that he wired us to discern and to hear the divine. When I was preparing the message today, um, my husband happened to take our granddaughter for a motorcycle ride. She's just got to the height now where she can like sit on the motorcycle and put her feet where they're supposed to be. And oh my goodness, my poor hubby, anytime he's home, she is on him like, Grandpa, take me on the motorcycle ride. And he was telling me just yesterday as we were together how this last time on Friday when she went with him, she's got her arm out and she's doing this, right? And he's like, oh my goodness, you know, cling on, you know, hold me, you know? And she's out there, la, she is the most dark, she was here at first service, so I can really describe her now. She would have her hand out there and she's like, la, she likes to sing when she's happy and like, she just checks out, la, 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 you know, and the hand is going and it reminded me of us when we were kids. When you were a little kid, do you remember rolling down your window and you'd look out there and you'd stick your hand out? Who did this as a little kid? Put your hand up. Yeah, right? And if you're over 40, I mean, you had to work for it. You know, none of this free stuff. What's with that? No, man, you had to work for it. You had to put that window down. Then you put your hand out. I want to encourage you that that is exactly what I'm talking about when I'm talking about creating a margin with God. Creating a margin is all about this, if if you're over 40. (laughs) This, if you're younger. It's all about just the little work of putting the window down. That's what I'm talking about. And then just putting yourself out there. That's it. And how can I be so confident that this will happen? It's invisible, right? There's nothing out there, right? I mean, if if you see something out there, keep your hand in, because that would hurt. But 
you're putting your hand out there and you feel what was invisible. And I am here to tell you this morning that the invisible God wants to move your life. But you gotta put the window down. And you gotta be a kid again. I know some of you got some serious stuff on life right now and you're shouldering some serious stuff. Okay. You still have to do that. I still have to do it. I have to go through the hard stuff. But you've got to, on a regular basis, put the window down and stick yourself out there. Because God is with you and he wants to move, and he wants to move you. Let me move to the passage. Um, First of all, God wants to build with you, but I'm gonna skip over that one and just keep moving on what I believe God wants to say. So if you're not sure about how to do a margin, just make it as often as you can. In those moments, I, I personally love first thing in the morning. I calibrate, man. I know I get peace going, and then throughout the day, man, if this gets messed up, I just step back, because I know what this feels like, and I know how I got there. That's as simple as it is. Pray, have quiet, meditate, maybe memorize some scriptures, but here's something I really want to encourage you to do. There's two powerful questions that will change your life. And I need to tell you that they take time. This is not planting a seed and then it springs up as an oak tree like while you wait. This is not Instacart. (laughs) This is the miracle zone. This is the cool zone. Ask God, show me the truth about you and show me the truth about me. Those are the two definitions in life we get more messed up than any other definition. And if we can nail down the truth about who God is and the intent of his heart and who we are, our identity, the clarity by the word of God of who we were created and redeemed to be, man, those are two legs you can build your life on. You get unshakable strength just from putting those two lines out there in the water and watch what you catch. And you will live a lifetime of catching more and more clarity about God and about yourself. Finally, the verse 15. God will watch over your path. He says to Jacob, I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. God, in that quiet place and in those margins, gives us promises. He tells us what he wants us to do. He gives us just some kind of, I don't know, for every one of us it's different how we hear from God, but he will give you clarity. He leads us by peace. He just does. So he will give you clarity. He'll give you the promise. And this is what Jacob's response was. Jacob is so changed by that encounter that he went and he got a tattoo. No, I'm just kidding. 
Just looking for the eyes. Anybody sleeping? Okay. No, he puts a rock up. He's so marked by the situation that he puts a rock up there. And he says, from now on, this rock right here, this is the house of God. And he had no idea. He was doing something profoundly prophetic. The house of God where God dwells. Nobody had said that before. That phrase, that, that, that ideology was only about the temple in the Holy of Holies, like in there where they are not allowed to go, right? It's only like certain people get to go there. But Jacob puts his rock up and then from now on, every person who passes this spot knows God doesn't want to dwell in the tent. Somebody had a jailbreak. And here he is, ready to meet with humanity. This was mind-blowing. And the prophetic aspect of this is this. Jesus tells us that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the house of God. That is God's desire for us, is that we would have an encounter that would so mark us that from that point forward, we would be different, that we would put up maybe not stones, although we would be like that, we are living stones, but we would, put, we would be so marked that any person who is on this path would be able to say, you know, when I feel lost and I'm not sure what to do, oh, you know, you're so peaceful. How did you get that? and we would be able to share the hope that's within us. God is looking for that very thing, to create moments, and he's asking us to create margins so those moments can happen. I wanna wrap up the wisdom that we receive through this scripture. Along the road, may we run with wise people. May we get planted and then get to work on meaningful things in life, working alongside each other. Like the passage that was read from Nehemiah where families built beside families. That is what we are doing here. We are in this community to build it and make it strong. May we build together, but may we build with God with dreams that he gives us in those margins. May we live inspired by what we are marked by. And if you, you know, I joked around about a, being a tattoo, but you know what? If you need God to tattoo something meaningful on you, make the margin. Roll down the window. Put yourself out there on a regular basis. He will not disappoint you. And as a matter of fact, I will pray over and speak over you what he promised to Jacob. God will watch over you. He will keep you. He will not leave you. He will keep every promise. And what he did for Jacob, he will do for you. I pray that every one of us, me included, will live not a one and done experience with God, but that we will go hard after moments with God that will mark our lives. 
that we could change our families, that we could light up our community and across the world. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you so much for your word and for your spirit that lightens our eyes to see what you're saying. Father, teach us your ways that we may walk with you. Thank you for this journey, and thank you that we do not walk it alone. I pray, Lord, that your word and your spirit will carry my brothers and sisters into this week, that anyone who feels discouraged will remember the window, and they will roll it down, and they'll put themselves out there and encounter you. Thank you for your faithfulness. And thank you that you not only give us life, but you fill us with your spirit so that we can enjoy this life. It's in the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen.